Hello and welcome to the Arise and Build podcast. This is Jody Grace and we're here to inspire, educate, and activate believers in Missouri to steward and protect freedom in every area of life, especially here in the heart of America. We're going to be talking about what's happening right here in our culture, how it connects to scripture, and what we can do to bring our conservative Christian values back into the public square. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button so you can get our updates and join us as we work together, just like Nehemiah and the Israelites did, to arise and build a wall around the great state of Missouri. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I hope that you are having a wonderful Tuesday. It is Tuesday, February 20th, and the sun is shining here in mid-Missouri, and there is a lot going on. So I want to take just a few minutes with you um, this morning and just turn our eyes back toward the reason why we're here and just give you a fresh reminder that Uh, For me, this is not about party politics. This is not about uh, Republicans or Democrats or uh, political stuff (laughs) that drives us all crazy. Uh, The root of this is about our culture. The root of this is training up, inspiring believers to uh, walk out of their passivity and take action in the culture, in your community, um, taking action for Christ. He's called me to this government mountain um, in this season of my life, and it's not something that I ever expected, but here I am. And so I am begging of you that if, if you haven't already, and if you don't know specifically what he's called you to, that you would begin to ask him in your time alone with him, that you would begin to ask him uh, where it is that he wants you in the fight for America, for the heart of the nation, for the heart of Missouri, for the heart of our children and future generations. Uh, This isn't about just elections. Uh, This is about the heart of a nation Um, turning back the heart of a nation to Jesus, uh, to leave a legacy for our children, a legacy of freedom in every way for our children. That's what this is really about. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit in the last podcast episode about some scripture in Psalm, I believe it's Psalm chapter 18, where uh, David is talking to the Lord and uh, worshiping. And he actually says that um, he pursues his enemies until they are consumed. And I want to find it really quick. Here it is. Um, Psalm 18, chapter, chapter 18, verse 32 says, The God who girds me with strength and makes my way blameless. He makes my feet like hinds feet and he sets me upon high places. He trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. That's a heavy bow. That's a, that's a big feat to do. And David is saying that God trains him up to be able to do those hard things. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation and thy right hand upholds me. 
So the Lord has given us salvation. He upholds us. He leads us. David was a worshiper first. He was sold out to the father and he only went into battle as he saw the father leading. But when he did, when the Lord called him, verse 37 says, I pursued my enemies and overtook them and I did not turn back until they were consumed. You know, um, this gives us a picture that David had a perseverance. He had a tenacity. He was not just playing around. He had a, a serious job to do and he pursued. He didn't wait for his enemies to come to him. He pursued his enemies and he pursued them until they were completely consumed and defeated. And what I feel like we see here um, in the heart of America regarding the church is that the church has become passive. The church is happy to sit in their pews on Sunday mornings. They're happy to say they pray. They're happy um, to go and have their ears tickled by a pastor who oftentimes isn't even speaking directly about cultural issues. And I'm not even, like I said, I'm not even talking about uh, politics in specific. We have pastors and pulpits who won't speak about abortion, who won't speak about the LGBTQ movement, who won't speak to these things that are actually happening in our culture that uh, defy the word of God. And um, as a result, we have a, 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 a culture of believers who um, are not maturing in the Lord, their sanctification uh, process, their journey of becoming more Christ-like has been stunted, I believe, because we have pastors and leaders of the church who have believed a lie that um, people being upset with them uh, is a problem or that, um, you know, confrontation isn't holy and isn't healthy or some of them actually believe that if they get too far into um, culture and especially government issues that their 501c3 funding could be on the line and that's nothing but a lie of the enemy. There has never been a church that has lost their 501c3 status over politics because our pastors still have um, a constitutional right to free speech and freedom of religion. So um, there have those... Issues have been taken to court. We have court precedents for them. Um, and it's been a huge hindrance. And so after decades and decades and decades, this is certainly not anything new, but here we are seeing the result of decades of um, the church taking the back seat, the church becoming something passive, the church becoming... Um, something that cares more about attraction marketing than speaking truth and encouraging their people and training up their people to um, become more holy, more Christ-like, <clears throat> and speaking hard truth from the pulpits and equipping them to become active in the culture around them. Um, so my heart is to, uh, reach some of those people. If God is stirring in your heart that the church needs to rise up, then I'm asking you to rise up personally. I'm asking you not to wait on your pastor, not to wait on your Sunday school teacher. I'm asking you to go before the Lord 
uh, in your quiet time, in your prayer closet, and just ask, what is it that you are wanting me to do? And he will speak to you. He will lead you. He will guide you. Um, that is our only hope and our only answer is a true turning. You know, scripture says, when my people humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, turn from their wicked ways. That means the believers still have wicked ways. My people, when my people, the Lord's people humble themselves and pray, turn from my wicked ways, turn from their wicked ways, then he will hear we will hear from heaven and he will begin to heal the land. So the it, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the situations that we find ourselves are on the backs of the believers in this nation. And it's time for individual believers to rise up regardless of what church leadership is doing and um, do the things that need to be done. And I would say today that there is um, hope. I, I believe that there is hope and um, it relies on uh, you being obedient to the Lord. So I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to consider fasting. And I'm asking you that when he calls you and when he leads you to that, you would stand and that when you enter into this battle, you would have the mindset that you are going to pursue the enemy until your enemy is consumed. Um, so that's my call to you this morning as a believer is that if you don't already know where he's called you, that you would begin to ask. And you ask until you have direction and you have clarity. And then when you get an answer, gosh, I would love to know about it. I would love to be connected. I'd love to know what you're called to, what you're doing, and how he works and moves in your life. As far as the thing that he has called me to, he's called me specifically to the Capitol here in Jefferson City and um, to help equip believers to help train up Missourians to, um, yes, pray and fast, but also stand. And most of us, because we have not been educated, we don't know how to stand. We don't know what to do. We're frustrated. We want to do something. We don't know what to do. And so um, he's called me to uh, be that person for you in regard to the state government here in Jefferson City. So where we're at today, I know that if you've been following along, you know that we have a constitution ratification issue happening. And currently on the Senate floor, the last time I checked a few minutes ago, the Democrats were still filibustering. They started yesterday afternoon uh, because the Democrats do not want our constitution to be ratified based on concurrent majority. That's what we're hoping happens right now. Our constitution is ratified. We make changes to our constitution uh, based on a simple majority vote at the ballot. So when you see ballot measures come to you in August or in November, um, those ballot measures, they don't just change our state statutes. They change the constitution. And right now it only requires that we only have a simple majority requirement in order to change our constitution. So what's happened is that we've had a lot of things put in the constitution that truly don't belong in the constitution. They belong in our state statutes. And um, so what we're seeing is people who have big money, because that's what it takes to get one of those measures onto the ballot. They've got big money. They're pushing measures like marijuana. And the measure being pushed right now, we have a couple. There are... Um, Second Amendment rights issues being pushed to the ballot. And also, of course, we have abortion being pushed to the ballot. 
Now, those are only two. There have been measures in the past that I wish were not in our Constitution. There will be more coming, but the ones right now that we're concerned about are abortion and our gun rights. And um, so we're hoping that this concurrent majority bill passes. It would require the majority of districts across the state to also vote in favor in addition to a simple majority. So with that, you get a buy-in or approval from the rural area of Missouri, as well as uh, Kansas City and St. Louis. So that's what we're hoping and praying for. And right now that bill is in the Senate. It is being filibustered by the Democrats. The bill is being carried by Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman. So pray for her, pray that she's successful in her endeavor to um, get this across the finish line. And um, so we'll just see what happens. Uh, The truth is I want the bill to pass. And so I'm hoping that it passes quickly. However, I also am not upset that the Democrats are holding things up because personally, I just believe that whenever they're doing nothing, we're much safer. Uh, At least when they're doing nothing, they're not doing harmful things, which is a tendency that they have to do. They have a tendency to do things that are harmful to your individual liberty and freedom. And so it doesn't bother me for them to waste a few days with a filibuster or even, although it's incredibly irresponsible, uh, you know, they left last week and went to the Super Bowl parade and um, wasn't the most responsible decision, I don't feel like, but they weren't in the building and that means we're a little bit safer. So I'm not going to complain about that either. The bill that's coming up uh, that we believe or that we've been told um, from the inside of the Capitol that is coming up, it's the only bill, or yesterday at least, it was the only bill on the Senate perfection calendar. It's Senator Andrew Koenig's uh, education bill. It's SB 727. And uh, we need to start talking about this education issue. And this is an issue that I haven't been super vocal about in public, but Um, it's time to be vocal about it. And so I'm going to start sharing my opinions, my thoughts about uh, these education bills. And you should know, first and foremost, I'm a huge, huge advocate for true school choice. Um, I have exercised my choice, my freedom uh, to homeschool, to private school. My kids have been in public school over the years at different times. Our philosophy when our kids started school was that just every year we were going to do what we felt we were going to pray about it and do what we felt was best for them um, at the time. And at different seasons in our life, we've homeschooled. I homeschooled for a five or six year stretch when the boys were younger. After that, they went into private school. Um, I did exercise some school choice. Um, while I lived in Springfield, we were in a district, the kids wanted to go, had a couple who wanted to go to public school and I didn't like the elementary building where, you know, where we were at. Um, they had divided the district lines really, um, randomly in order to, um, include a a variety of really to diversify the buildings and the one particular building where we belong, the elementary school was, um, not passing, you know, their accreditation things, they were struggling and I didn't want my kids to go there. So um, Springfield's policy at that time was that if there was another elementary building that I could take the kids to and they had room for the kids that uh, we could do that. And so I actually had a third grader in one building and a kindergartner in another building. And neither one of those were the 
were the elementary school in which we lived. So I was happy to to participate in that level of school choice. I've been very, very happy to participate in um, my freedom to educate my kids every which way. This current school year, we started out with one in private school and we had some issues with, with that. So we're currently homeschooling him, he's 12. My 16 year old um, is actually taking advantage of Misha's policy to participate in school sports while he's a homeschool student. So he goes to school a few hours a day at our local public school. Uh, then he comes home. He spends a lot of time on the golf course uh, because that's his passion. And um, he does some college classes online. He does math curriculum here at home. And he takes a couple of classes at the public school so that he can play on the golf team at the school. So just know that personally, I love school choice. I love education freedom, but government funded school choice as in vouchers, um, ESAs, and those types of things I have a problem with. So uh, we're going to talk about some of these issues. I think that... Um, I have good reason for having the opinions that I do. SB 727 is Senator Andrew Koenigs, and he is part of the Freedom Caucus. He is relatively conservative. I would say he's one of the more conservative senators that we have. Senator Koenig is actually a homeschool dad, and um, I appreciate that about him. I think his heart really is to make improvements. I don't think he's trying to do anything sinister, per se, at least not on purpose, um, but what I find among the Freedom Caucus senators, among conservatives um, in the legislature on both sides of the building, is that they're just frustrated with public education. And I don't blame them. I'm frustrated too. I think there's a lot of issues with public education. It's why I've chosen, generally speaking, for my kids, um, especially now, uh, not to be there or to be there as little as possible. And... Um, so Senator Koenig uh, has a bill that is an expansion of the ESA program. An ESA program is educational scholarship accounts. And what we see happening with ESAs is that they're giving tax credits to donors. So people who have enough money to actually donate uh, to these scholarship accounts, they get a tax credit for their donation. And there are, I think, six or seven different organizations that actually end up with that money. Um, and that's actually, I don't think that's actually true. I'm going to need to go back and reread and come up with that. So don't hold me to that fact. But the ESAs are tax credits for donors that create these scholarship accounts. And then there's a certain, um, you have to be qualified to actually get the scholarship. But if you qualify, you get the full amount. So right now, the qualification is that if you're a student who has an IEP, an individualized education plan, uh, if you fit the income requirements, like the lower income tier, then you qualify. Well, when you qualify for the scholarship, you're awarded, I think it's a little bit over $5,000 a year. And you get that money uh, the parents are able then to choose how to spend that money. Now, the choice comes when you get an approved list 
of expenses. So there's approved vendors, approved curriculum sources, approved activities, approved resources. Um, and you can choose to funnel the, that scholarship money to those vendors for services or for product. And uh, that money is funneled through the depart the treasurer's department, the state treasurer's department, through a program called Class Wallet. Now, Class Wallet is a digital program. It's based on blockchain technology, and it poses a big problem um, in regard to our data. So, I we have a a problem with Class Wallet. We have a problem with this. Um, sort of messaging that goes out to people that you're going to get $5,000 and you're going to have freedom to choose how you want your kids to be educated. Well, you know, you're going to have some choices, but the choices are controlled. Uh, the choices are chosen by the state. So you can't just go out and do anything you want because there is always accountability when you're receiving state money. And this money... Um, is not your property tax money, especially in regard to ESA. It's a scholarship that was provided on the backs of other taxpayers. Now they're getting tax credits for it. That's a choice they make. It's a voluntary thing. But this is government money. It's not your property tax money if you're participating in an ESA. So one of the things that happened in the last couple of years after they approved this ESA, the one that we already have, it's called Mo Scholars. And uh, the legislature passed it, but then the department, the treasurer's office, wrote the rules. They promulgated the rules that go along with this program. So uh, what we have here in many, many, many places, not only this legislation, but across the board, we have bureaucrats actually writing rules and regulations that then get enforced as they are law, even though they're not law exactly, but they do get enforced. And so what we had here with this program is that the homeschoolers that participated then had requirements. They had to actually do background checks on every person over 18 in their home. Um, I believe there was also a requirement for certain testing that their kids would do. So... Yes, they were able to have some free resources or resources that came to them without any personal financial obligation. Then they also have these strings attached. There are things they have to do in order to be able to receive those funds. So ultimately, um, the, the biggest issue I have with school choice in uh, the form of ESAs or um, vouchers, that type of thing, is that with government money comes strings. And once you take the public dollars, you are no longer truly a private entity. You just are not. I actually got one of the representatives to agree with me. I didn't get him. He agreed. He said, no, you're right, Jody. Once you take the public money, you're no longer, you're no longer private. Whether you're a homeschooler or whether you're sending your kids to private school, if you take the government money, no, you're no longer private. You become a different form of public. You become a different form of government, a funded entity. And yes, there are accountability measures that will be put in place. 
Now, a lot of the Republicans will say, we don't have, there are no strings right now. Um, so like with the ESA, they're talking about no strings. Well, yes, there are strings. The homeschoolers have to do background checks. They have to do some testing. And you've only given them a short list of things they can even pick from. So how long do you think it is that our truly conservative faith-based options are going to be on the list? Even if you find a few right now, do you think they're always going to be there? What happens in the future when the only choices are choices that support the LGBTQ agenda? Then what do you do? There are always, always strings. <laughs> always. Um, the other thing in this particular bill, SB 727, is um, an expansion of charter schools in Boone County, St. Louis County, and St. Charles County. Charter schools are basically private schools that are funded by the government. Uh, there are no school boards at these charter schools. Right now, we only have them in St. Louis and in Kansas City. Um, there are no school boards at charter schools. So when we're using government funds to fund private schools like charters, there are no school boards. Now, most of our private schools do actually have a board of some type. Um, so these charter schools sometimes have organizations that run them and there would be a board, you know, possibly over their organization. But oftentimes when we're funding these charter schools, which by the way, are almost always super liberal, we've got charter schools that are promoting Black Lives Matter, charter schools that have rainbow flags all over the place, charter schools that, um, are just doing all sorts. In fact, the, I'm, I mean, nearly 100%, if not 100% of the charter schools in Missouri are super left-leaning, very, very liberal, and they're being funded by state dollars with no school board. So when your, your state dollars fund a charter school, you're actually having taxation without representation. Your tax dollars are going to support things where you, you have no representation there. Um, so... You know, in theory, there could be charter schools that would pop up that would be more conservative or um, more Christian. But again, just the overall um, issue with these is that you're having government money come in and <clears throat> fund private. You're privatizing the government money. But in this situation, um, you're really having organizations that are profiting a lot and they're super liberal, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's just not a conservative model. Just, I don't see how it's a conservative model here in the state of Missouri. I just don't. Um, so we do have issue also in 727 with a funding formula change that they're making. They're actually incentivizing um, non-English speakers, which could be, possibly is, especially in, in um, I would say, St. Louis, maybe Kansas City, uh, maybe even Springfield, that we would be incentivizing the schools to take uh, illegal immigrants. And um, I think that's an issue that needs to be dealt with as well, not that we would turn kids away or not serve children but I do think it's something that uh, we don't just want to pass without having discussions about um, and finding a solution that actually works. So SB 727, it just is not a school choice bill. Um, it's, 
it's not something that I can get behind. Uh, I do not want for it to pass. I did sign on to a resolution um, among, along with other grassroots um, organizations and citizens that um, makes my position clear on that. I'm going to post that a document on the blog. Um, have some other information also on this topic on the blog that you can look at a couple of videos you might uh, be interested to see. Uh, one of them is um, the CEO of Classical Conversations, which is a Christian homeschool uh, curriculum vendor and why they are opposed to school choice, even though they stand to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, why, in, as a matter of principle, they are against it and they won't participate. Also, um, Bill Gates is tied to, he has um, expressed his support of school choice a lot of these issues, the details of them actually feed into and support uh, the United Nations 2030 agenda, the World Economic Forum, and their effort to um, centralize and standardize our systems to track data, to monitor, all of that sort of thing. It feeds into that. So I would much prefer... Um, for our focus on education reform to be on actually giving our local schools freedom, our school boards um, to free them from the accreditation process that DESE has handed down to them. They are very constricted, even though they also have some choices with curriculum in some regards and some situations Again, just like with the ESA, they're only giving given a few choices of things that are approved by DESE. Uh, their hands are largely tied um, in several regards. And so I would prefer to see a decoupling from our local schools in terms of accreditation and also in terms of this ridiculous map test that all of our kids take. And um, for our schools and our teachers to have more freedom to do the things and teach the things um, to that they want to teach. If they want to teach cursive, let them teach cursive. <laughs> you know, um, the, we do have some districts and some schools who want to be more conservative and go back to more a more traditional approach. They want to have less technology, which I am in full support of, and more traditional learning. And uh, they just... In a lot of ways, they, they struggle to do that because of all of the regulations uh, that have come down through DESE. So I would much prefer there to be an actual freeing within the market, um, so to speak, of our schools, that they would actually be free to respond to their local communities and that our school boards would actually be able to make more decisions based on their communities. Of course, in that case, we would have some communities that are very liberal and that they're doing those types of things. If that's what their local community chooses, then that's the freedom that they would have. But when we also have more conservative areas who would make different choices, then those communities would be able to, um, those schools would be able to respond to their their, their communities and make different educational choices. As long as they're being accredited by some sort of agency um, and that they have accountability 
in an accreditation process. I don't believe it has to be DESE. In fact, there are many, many states that do not use a State Department of Education to do the accrediting process. So um, in some of these other associations that do accreditation, there's a much more in-depth accreditation and there's a mentoring process that happens where they actually, they do come in and assess and they hold the school accountable, but they also provide resources, they provide answers, they provide a path to uh, be better in the areas where uh, they may be struggling or have challenges. So I would prefer that um, to be in place first before we start doing some of these other educational reform measures that um, our Republicans really want to focus on right now. So that's where I'm at with school choice. There is this bill, um, SB 727. I am opposed to the bill, even though I support Senator Koenig being on the Freedom Caucus. He does other great things. This particular issue, though, um, I am opposed to. So that's where I stand. That's why I stand there. And um I hope that you'll do a little more research, spend some time on the blog, do a little research, read the bill if you like. I put a link there um, and formulate your own opinion. Pray about it, uh, hear from the Lord and ask him what you need to do. My encouragement to you to stand on this issue uh, regarding both our Constitution ratification and SB 727 or school choice is to reach out to your representative and your senator uh, let them know how you feel let them know the vote that you'd like to see and uh, if you feel passionate about it also reach out to others um, you can send emails you can call um, all of the republicans if you want they have a vote uh, they are affecting policy that changes the entire state that affects you so um if you need help with that, please reach out and let me know. I've given you some links and some videos and some more resources resources on the blog. I hope you'll check them out. And I will be back here later. You guys have a wonderful afternoon. And we'll talk again soon. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you found it beneficial and valuable. I'd really encourage you in the next few days to pick up your Bible and grab the practical tools you need to arise and build. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the blog at jodygrace.com. I'll see you soon.